The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. The practice of mindfulness can have many benefits, can have many purposes that people do it for. One of the purposes that I like is a very simple, but maybe not so easy to appreciate, and that is to have no purpose except to be present for what is. There's something very valuable I find about just being aware, being present in the present moment fully for the experience we have, we're having, where we have learned not to be for or against things, caught up in desires and fixing it and making it better, but just really there. It's kind of like being fully present to be present for what's real. Almost as if there's no before and no after, no past, no, no future, but just this moment here. As if this moment here is complete, is full, is just the simplicity of what it is. The pristine simplicity of this moment. And so it doesn't really matter in that kind of very simple, quiet mind. It can really be present that way. It doesn't matter what you're thinking. It doesn't matter what the sensations are, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. It's just there's something very valuable, just meeting this, being here with this in and of itself. So that's one purpose that I find very helpful. The other purpose that can be related to that is that as we're able to stay calm and present for the and calm, relaxed, peaceful with what is, even if we can do it just a little bit, that becomes a reference point to notice how we can't. We start seeing how we want to fix things, how we react to things, how we identify with things, how we define ourselves by them, how we um, have aversion, we push away, we are afraid of things. We do all kinds of things that it's, that, you know, that is that is um, then highlighted by the fact that what, the, uh, by this reference point of being peaceful and present for what is. And by doing that, we can learn a lot about ourselves. And we learn about our attachments, our clingings, we learn about our fears. We, we learn about the ideas and concepts that we operate under. We learn how much we're involved in thinking about the past. Some people spend an inordinate amount of time remembering and reviewing the past. We learn how we think, how much we think in the future. An ordinary amount of time planning or thinking ahead. Or we learn how we're constantly judging our experience. Good and bad, right and wrong. So it's all fine. It's possible to see all that and stay very simple with it. The pristine simplicity of the moment with seeing that you're trying to fix something. You don't have to see it as bad. It's just something else to be seen. But in the seeing of it, then we can learn to be freer, not be caught by it. And more importantly than being caught, maybe, not being pushed around by it, not being in its orbit or caught in it. So this idea of being mindful of what's happening in the present moment, being able to distinguish the different parts of it, at some point as we start getting calmer, more peaceful, more settled here, we start noticing some of the ways in which the mind is so powerfully 
gets lost, how powerfully is not okay with the present moment, fixing it, reacting to it, rejecting it, doing all kinds of things. And um, that's an important part of the practice. And being able to see that as part of the wisdom of the practice, as part of the purpose of the practice. What it means is that part of the purpose of the practice is to be unsuccessful in doing it. Do you understand that? Because if you're too successful, meaning you just can stay just perfectly in the present moment, completely peaceful, and never leave it, you'll never learn about yourself. You'll never learn how you operate and what goes on. You have to fail at being present in order for mindfulness to work. So mindfulness is to be present, but you have to fail doing it in order for it to work. But you don't want, you can't try to fail. <laughs> you know, or just give up because you might as well give up. You, you, you decide you're a total failure and you succeeded so well and no, no need to do it, do it anymore. You have to do your best to try to be mindful and present. But what it means is don't be upset. Don't, be, uh, don't see it as a mistake if you get caught up, get lost, get reactive. In the context of tar- starting to get calmer, more settled, more mindful, this is the very thing you want to see. So you, in a certain kind of way, you celebrate it. So you might call it your shortcomings. In, in the practice, it's like, oh, good, I have a shortcoming. And then you learn to practice with that and not to fix it necessarily, not to uh, judge it, but learn how to be free of it. Learn how to be present there with it, but not controlled by it. Kind of just see it and see, you know, oh. Don't take it personally. Don't identify with it. Say, oh, look at that. I'm irritated. There's irri- there's ir- not even that's too, going too much. I'm irritated is, is too much. Just there's irritation. And the irritation keeps pulling, pulling me into its orbit. And then I keep coming back and be mindful of it. And there's the freedom is right there. So hopefully this makes some sense. If it doesn't, forget it. But uh, it's kind of good news, right? That you don't have to be too good at this practice. It's, it's better not to be too good at it. Then over time, you will get better at it. Over time, you'll find yourself more peaceful, more settled. But as you get better at it and find more freedom and peace with it, it's because you've understood yourself. They have, there's an expression in nowadays in modern American Buddhist circles or spiritual circles, spiritual bypasses. So you don't want to do a spiritual bypass. You want to end up becoming, you know, developed in this practice by really understanding yourself well and seeing what goes on. And that's why the idea that when you don't do the practice well, that's the place for practice with. If you don't do that, then you're doing a spiritual bypass. So don't, don't worry if you can't do this well. Is that the good news? I hope so. I hope I just didn't discourage you. Especially those of you who are doing it perfectly today. So um, let's do our last sitting. So uh, sit upright and alert. And perhaps there's a way that you can gently move into, establish a nice posture for yourself. Maybe it's small little movements, moving your spine around, 
adjusting your shoulders a little bit. Getting your weight of your body settled on your sitting bones in a balanced way. And then taking some gentle, deep, long breaths. Take deeper breaths in a way that's calming, settling. Breathe out perhaps slowly and settled way. And then let your breathing return to normal. Take a few moments to scan through your body to see if there's any parts of your body, muscles, that you can relax or soften. Perhaps around your face. Perhaps your shoulders. softening your belly. (coughs) And then see if you can find within yourself a place of stillness or quiet a quiet, still place within. Some place within that feels quiet and still. Doesn't have to be fully quiet and still. That which feels quietest and stillest within you. And then let your breathing, breathe with that quiet place. Let your awareness and mindfulness be similarly quiet and still as you attend to your breathing. each time you exhale, the exhale goes towards <coughs> quiet and stillness within. Maybe the end of the exhale is an instant, a moment of quietness, stillness, where thoughts fall away.
And perhaps you can bring in a sense of calmness as you breathe in. Maybe a teeny bit you can breathe in calmly and exhale calmly. Every time you exhale, perhaps letting go of your thoughts. And as you let go of your thoughts, let yourself let go into your breathing. Let go into a quiet place, still place, deep inside. And then as we sit there quietly, notice whatever it is that takes you out of mindfulness. Notice whatever takes you out of a calm, little bit peaceful ability to be attentive, have attention in the present moment. And whatever that is, bring mindfulness to that. And as you bring mindfulness to it, you might notice it 
from the point of view of the these four dis, four distinctions how it is physically feeling tones the attitude of the mind and the particular thoughts and reactivity that goes on.
And then as we come to the last minutes of these sittings today, notice if there's anything that you're doing that you could stop doing. Anything you're doing which is not necessary to be present, to be mindful. Can you let go of anything extra but being here, present for your experience? There was a Japanese Zen teacher from long ago whose name was Dogen. And he has a very famous uh, passage, at least, at least it's famous here in the West, in some, in some circles. To study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to be awakened with all things. So we don't study Buddhism, we study ourselves when we're practicing mindfulness. As we do this mindfulness of what's here, of the self in a sense, self-consciousness, self-preoccupation, self-definition, self-selfing falls away. And when the self falls away, then we, famous Buddhism is famous for being about, about awakening, but he says we awaken with all things. So that's kind of nice. 
you're left with everything. So I hope that um, some of this instructions and teachings that I gave through the day worked as a little bit of a, way, a means, framework for studying yourself, studying your experience, uh, learning the value of looking more carefully to make distinctions. Don't just let everything be kind of a buzzing, vague mass of experience, but to actually be present and look at it more carefully and tease apart the different elements of what's there. And then in doing that, with over time, you'll also tease apart how you make up your self-identity, your sense of self, your attachments, your clinging. And rather than seeing those as a problem, they are the very door through which we can be free of those things if we bring attention and mindfulness to it. And in doing that, it creates a... There's one popular uh, variation of that quote where it says, if you forget the self, you'll be intimate with all things rather than awakened by all things. So there, you know, you'll have a very close, you know, intimate connection with this world that we live in. So I hope this has been nice. I appreciated all of you being here and it felt to me like uh, you guys were practicing very well and dedicatingly. It's, I don't take it as a small thing that people will come and spend a day like this and see it through to the end. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's one of the things I'm very happy that IMC offers. I'm very glad that you could be here for it. If you like this kind of thing, the next time I'll do this is on June 3rd. And then it's a longer day. It's from, you can come at any, any time of the day, but the whole day goes from 6 in the morning to 9 in the evening. And that gives you a little bit of, of a taste of what it's like to do a whole day in the way that we do on a multi-day retreat. Those, those retreats also it usually goes from nine to, to six to nine thirty. But by the time you get home, it'll be nine thirty. So, um, thank you very, very much for today. <laughs>